Welcome to Mackie's World, the podcast. Yeah, that's Mackie. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today, I have a special guest with me. And guess what? This is my first in-person interview, so I'm going to add some clapping there. But um, I am very excited for this interview. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing already because this is my guy. We, we go way back. Uh, we got really close over these past few years. He has a lot of different titles. He wears a lot of different hats. And I think it's best that I give him the floor and let him explain all everything that he does. So uh, without further ado, this is Robert Gill. Welcome to Mackey's World. Oh, this is my government name. Oh, dang. All right. not government name. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, it is Robert Gill. Uh, like my good, my very good friend Jamal was saying, I wear many hats, but one hat that I like to promote and talk a lot about is because it's not pretty prevalent in, you know, communities and especially in the black community is I'm a therapist. Now I'm going to throw some alphabet soup at you <laughs> because... <laughs> There are a lot of people who say they are therapists and do counseling, but I do like clinical like work. <laughs> like I'm not your regular school counselor. Like I will psychoanalyze you, flip it, spin it, twist it, put it in reverse it, all that Missy Elliott stuff in your mind. <laughs> so um, I'm a clinical social worker associate and not to challenge any of your viewers intelligence. I, that is like, my provisional license before the state of Oregon um, acknowledges me as a fully licensed clinical social worker, which is abbreviated as an LCSW. Now, there are other ways, there are other titles other than licensed clinical social worker. You have LPCs, you have MFTs. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all that, but those are the main three where if I do something spooky, you can look me up in the Rolodex and they be like, ah, Rob. He's unethical. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell y'all? He wears a lot of hats. Um, so, yeah, he is a man of many, many talents as well. Um, let's talk about what you do outside of your day-to-day work. What else do you do? What other hats are you wearing when you're not Robert Gill, the government name? <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep throwing out there. Um, I would say... Um, what else did I do? Um, do you I, play games? <laughs> I play. <laughs> I do play certain games, but I think you're alluding to uh, my podcast that I've been working on for like a couple years, and it's called Play No Games. Yes, yeah, great segue there. I have to give myself a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> All of puns. Um, and truly, the Play No Games really came from. I hope people are familiar with that one Big Sean, Chris Brown, Ty Dolla Zong yeah. song. And like, um, like I was really searching for something, an outlet other than therapy to like reach out to talk to people about mm-hmm. like these serious things because I look at therapy as it's a micro lens where I'm talking to people on a micro level. And I was like, what's a good way to, to affect so many people at the macro level? And that's having a podcast. And granted, I can't talk about my clients and I can very barely talk about like certain instances and things like that but I can give a lot of psychoeducation about like what it looks like for mental health and relationships and couples work through a podcast mm-hmm. and that's really what it came through and uh, playing on games uh, to get back to it um, is literally people play a lot of games and like I'm tired of the game so <laughs> we ain't playing them on our show absolutely, because absolutely. I talk about myself the good, the bad, the ugly. And because um, I feel like at the end of the day, you have to accept who you are and mm-hmm. what you're becoming. The the uh, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly, like I said. And mm-hmm. I think that comes with the playing of no games. And a lot of cultural topics, a lot of, a lot of myths too as well. So that's pretty much where Absolutely. I do my pod. Absolutely. So before we go any deeper um, on each episode, for the most part, of Mackie's World, I do like to do a segment called Mackie's Music. Ah. When I have a guest with me, I'm going to let them pretty much take point, uh, give me two songs that you're listening to, current or past. And this time around, I'm actually going to throw a song in there that I'm currently listening to um, right now. Um, A song that is heavy in my rotation is a song by Little Mosey. I'm not really a fan of the little rappers, to be honest, but he has a good song, uh, Blueberry Fuego. <laughs> uh, it's very catchy. Um, 
I, again, I'm not a fan of the new wave of rappers sometimes. Uh, I am sometimes that old head, the get off my porch, get off my lawn kind of guy. But, but Lil Mosey definitely got one with the, um, with the Blueberry Fuego. Now, um, Rob, Robert, I'm going to pass it to you. What are two songs that, that you are currently listening to right now? Well, I'm going to be a rule breaker, and I'm just going to bunch these two together. Go ahead. That but, works. Um, but I do have two, but I can't separate the two. Um, yo, I'm a Cole fan. And the comeback... No, I'm lying to you. The climb back and Lion King on Ice, great, combina- great, great combination. The Lion King on Ice was kind of like that commercial, like everyone, like it's real... Like catchy, and then like the climbacks for like the real fans, where it's kind of like the real rap. He's, <sighs> oh yeah, I probably can't cuss on this one. I'm so used to cussing. You oh. can go ahead and use profane language, even the <laughs> n word. <laughs> yes, like when my nigga was like, my nigga has more uh, shooting guards and point guards. I was like, oh my god, we're in here. Um, but um, I really like those those uh, combination of songs and. This I, I have to do this. I don't know if anyone was really following like the no name J Cole thing because I thought all of it was like granted, you know, black women need to be heard and all that other stuff. But like, mm-hmm. all I gotta say is homeboy in the lyrics was like Stone the Bluff was like, yo, I don't know enough about this. Like you write Queen it. Never mind. I don't want to go there too far, but... We will touch on that. Maybe. We, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I just want to say that. I like the combination of both those songs. Um, and not to take up too much time, I had to look this one up on my phone really quick. Let me unlock it real quick. But yes, I agree. Uh, black queens are devalued in today's society. Oh, that was... Um, yeah. Again, we will put a pin in that and touch on that later in the conversation. But um, but while you're looking it up, you know... Go oh, ahead. I got it. I got it. Go okay. So, I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't played video games, but like I got this from 2K. And I'm not going to lie. This is like my jam. It's called Diamonds by Bravo and Cole Man. Like, the E in Cole Man has a, is a three. And like, the beginning of the song is like... It's like him talking about... I, oh, I can't play it, but, like, it's just talking about writing off, of like, a list of his insecurities and, okay. like, trying to be perfect in his own world mm-hmm. and why things never work because he's striving for that perfection. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he's like, I got to eventually shine like a diamond and all this stuff. It's a great song. Um, and this is also a great segue, too, to episode 11 <laughs> to Mackie's world. I do want to discuss mental health. I want to discuss relationships. So... We will cover a wide range of relationship topics, but I do want to start with the inner, the inner self. What does mental health, mental wellness mean to you as a black male in Portland, Oregon, dealing with just day-to-day life? Talk to us about that. Um, I'll just start first with just mental health. I think mental health is being able to have sympathy and empathy and then cognitive flexibility. Mm. And <clears throat> I'll just use and kind of segueing kind of from the front into like the middle and coming back to the front. When it comes to the black people, not to say we don't have those things. It's like we just put a hand over that. We're like kind of push it to the side a little bit because we some I can't speak for every black person, mm-hmm. but a lot of black people weren't really raised to really be in tune with their feelings in particular black males you know oh, men, yeah. men don't cry things of that yeah. nature oh yeah and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny but it's real though you know it's 100% real well you know I would just say for me it's kind of like and this is no dig to my family but like I always talk to people like I felt like I was raised well like with the men like in my family like I, I was raised by like a pack of wolves where like mm. once they sensed like I had a weakness and they were like, ah, we're going to poke at you. Poke, 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 poke. poke. And like, um, I learned cause I was a pretty emotional little, little guy mm-hmm. where like where my cousins and my brother beat me in races. Like I would not, not try to beat them, but I'd be like, ah, mom, ah, tears. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm trying to beat them. Yeah. 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 And that was kind of like shunned upon by them. But like, we were just growing up and they were just mirroring stuff that they saw. But overall, I would just say mental health is just those things. Empathy, sympathy, and cognitive flexibility. Mm-hmm. And being able, and I'll just speak to this uh, in the ending piece of, to like the men that I want to speak to, for us to reach our whole 
wholeness as men mm-hmm. is being able to tap into um, um, adding emotions to our masculinity mm-hmm. because I believe it is toxic masculinity when you are not ta- in tune or tapped in with your emotional intelligence as a man. Mm. That's real. You brought up some some pretty uh, good points there and also some interesting topics. Uh, you mentioned that your family was like, ah, why are you crying? Things of that nature. What made you want to break that cycle? Because you say they just kind of just followed what they saw. So what made you want to like take a step back and break that cycle of, no, it's okay to cry. I lost. I want to express myself. And if it is with tears or <laughs> with <laughs> tears or a little bit of rage, why is that okay for you? Um, wow. I was like, I like that one. Um, I would say in like a weird way, I want to say them particularly. Mm. And then I would say the two big things for me were my mom. Um, because every family has generational cycles they want to break. Mm-hmm. And for my mom, I want to show her a different side of like living life. Not to saying that, you know, she raised me wrong. By George, she's done a damn good job. It's just like, uh, I know there's certain things my mom would have wanted for us growing up. And my thing is, the best way I can pay respect to her is to like emulate and or try to do that with a partner or with my own family. And, um, weirdly, as you know, um, I'm going to smush down the story as far as I can, but Mm -hmm. one of these days, actually in like four or five days, you'll be able to tour my my house and you'll see everything on the wall, Mm -hmm. like the full effects. But like, I would say, um, anime played a big part of that Mm -hmm. too as well. Um, cause I was a kid in sixth grade, one of my... Uh, old friends um, <laughs> one of my old friends was like um, I'll read this Naruto and I was like I'm not going to read that stupid the book is backwards I have no time for this mm-hmm. and then like I sat down and read it and like I think what a lot of people don't understand is when they look at anime they just see all like oh it's cartoons I'm like no but there's actually like writers and a couple of shows I do want to shout out is or actually I'll just shout out the one the one that I really pay homage to is called Eureka 7 and it mm. kind of talks about like an adolescent boy growing up mm. and talked about because um, <clears throat> he had a lot of emotions and feelings uh, what do you call it uh, had a girl he really loved uh, top of the government interracial relationships um, government and it was like a big thing in my life and I was like that changed like my feeling towards mm. a lot of stuff and that kind of like made me more empathetic to like how's this person feeling seeing like main character get beat up by like it wasn't his dad but like the adult figure and he's like I was like ah and like him persevering and him not just using violence and him being like I'm not gonna do what you did honestly I've never given anime a it's 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 just do so to speak so I'm definitely gonna have to check that show out it seems different than American television where the main character is just some strong guy he defeats everything and he does it with violence, though. This seems this person is persevering with their emotional intelligence, or I guess learning to maneuver through that. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. It he definitely it definitely is, and like, uh, it's like a mixture of the both. But at, at the end of it, because it's anime, it's gotta have some you know explosions <laughs> and shit. But like, um. Truly, at the end, like the peace that this character had in his heart to like do what he needed to do for the love of his life, for the planet, and then making that decision. Oh, and I also talked about the environment. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. we're going through even now is very prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just really let me know that it's okay. And you know, hey, I was a kid in middle school, Jeff. I already, I was like in the middle, so I was like adding the anime to it. I was like, ah, eh, I'm alright. I'm alright. I don't want to say I was a, the nerd kid, but I was like adaptable. I could kick it with the hoopers. I could kick it with you know the nerds. Like I was like a cup of tea for everybody. That's funny because I have a similar background as well too. Um, Good kick it with the hoopers. I was a hooper. Um, kick it with you know the quote unquote non cool kids. Yeah, I was I was very adaptable. I didn't have a lot of classes with my friends just because you know I was always like in the quote unquote smarter classes so to speak. Um, you better say that, dude. <laughs> you better say that, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it kind of is what it is. I took, I took a few honors classes and whatnot, so I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. 
Um, you brought up masculinity. I was talking to my fiance about what is masculinity. What does masculinity looks like look like? Mm. I honestly could, did not have an answer for her. So I want to talk to you, uh, a black therapist, about this. What is ta- what is masculinity? Um. Whew. Um. I whew, I feel horrible because I should have like the textbook definition. But give us your definition of masculinity. I feel like masculinity is something that everyone throws out, but they don't have a real definition for it per se. And that's why I kind of struggle with that question mm. because I believe if I'm not googling it, like masculinity is from a heterosexual cisgender lens of masculinity and like we could talk about how that's layered and like even like white privilege and all that other stuff but that's why I kind of struggle with that Mm -hmm. and I for me have defined masculinity as what makes me feel like a man now we can go down the gender cold but I'll just say just for me like what being a man is I think for every young man it's up for for you to decide what that is Mm. and how that is defined is do you believe building a strong foundation within yourself is important do you believe uh giving back to your community is this or do you believe uh whatever and i feel like with that masculinity those are those things that you have to determine for yourself what makes you feel like this this beat in your chest where like I feel like a man. Because I do so strongly, strongly believe that there are things men need to do to make them feel like a man and with masculine traits. And there are mm-hmm. things that women need to do that make them feel like a woman and femininity and then um, non-binary, non-binary and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we're not doing those things... We're not being true to ourselves. And to answer more of your questions, I have to say for me, things that make me feel like a man is being able to um, be there for my close friends, mm-hmm. um, be there for my mom, my family, and um, and to honestly be able to give them an opportunity um, of life that I was, that they gave me, that they don't understand that yeah, 12, 13 years old, like that may have been minimal to them, but it meant a lot to me. And it's kind of like, you know, you give me all, all these opportunities, I'm going to take it to the next level. So when we're in our 30s, 20s, where we're like, yo, let's not just go to, let's not just go to downtown Portland. Like we feeling it. Yeah. Let's go, let's go to Diddy's all white party or like, mm-hmm. let's get away from it all. And like, you know, go to like, <laughs> let's go hang glide somewhere. Yeah. And I feel like that really truly defines what makes me, a man, and then also I have to add also too is just being able to look at another person and meet them where they're at, mm-hmm. because I know sometimes I'm going to be in a different place, and I would want someone to be able to be perceptive enough, or not. I don't have to be a psychologist or therapist. Mm-hmm. Be like that person's having a bad day. So in so many words, my mom taught me having common sense is she would rather have a lot of common sense than be the smartest person on the planet because mm. sometimes people just say smart things and that's not needed for the occasion mm. having that common sense and reading a room so i would say those are the forefront um those are the things that make you feel like a man now if we're talking about relationships there's like a couple other things but those are the things that make me feel like a man i would say your answer is very mature because when i think of masculinity well, I'm going to put a pin in that really quick so my fiance is also with therapist as well too oh, you don't say so that's why she challenged me and asked me that question. Um, I don't remember the context around it. Um, we weren't having an argument or anything of that. But hey. <laughs> but I don't remember the context. But I was stuck because my mind automatically went to being strong and fierce. And I feel like it's a, that's what a lot of other people's mind go to. So for you to flip it and have more of a gentle or softer approach to what masculinity is, um, that's beautiful. Now, what is toxic masculinity? Your answer doesn't really seem so toxic. I mean, I'm not an expert in this, so I'm going (laughs) to pass it to you. But your answer seems more mature and more well-rounded. So how would you describe toxic masculinity? Well, I'll describe that in just one moment. And if I wasn't being true to like what makes me feel like a man, this is literally what I said, is because like, 
like you said in the beginning, the small things, even though you thought were minimal, that you've done for me in the last two years has made me see you in a totally different light. And like even when you were like, and I had to really think on this. You were like, bro, 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 I was out for bound. I was like, nigga, you were out for bound because I was so like focused in on my, my group. I went back to my mom keeps everything. I was like, yo, there's Jamal. Yeah, there's bro. Jamal. Me and my brother read upper band with you, bro. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, ah, oh, it really was. But uh, Because it's funny because like you remember it one time and I brought it up again. It's like you completely forgot. I was like, what is wrong with this dude? Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's, that's how hard I ride. It, like how hard I ride for like the people that I want to give the world to. Mm-hmm. And not to, because I'm working on, because I get, because my job, I don't talk. So when I'm with my friends, I talk a whole lot because I don't get to talk. Yeah. Um, but to to also help you out, to help, you know, ask your lovely fiance, you know, a great word, you know, rebuttal <laughs> to that is like, I would say to you is like, yo, there's nothing wrong with being strong, but what are you going to do with that strength? Mm. And then once you get that strength, what happens when that strength is not enough? And if you can answer those questions, having strength be an answer, is nothing wrong with that. Because I'll just kick it, and we may have the same affinity. I go to the gym to work out mm-hmm. 50% because I actually like doing that. And I'm, I used to be a fat guy. And it's, <laughs> it's trust me, and it's not, not even fat shaming, but I just <laughs> like, yo, I was on both sides. So, and I like working out because of it makes you feel good. And it's good good for mental health. But other 50%, and I feel like this is weird, but this is how it gets me going, where it's kind of like, yo, Rob, if you can't lift this 320, or that's an exaggeration, I need to Sounds help. like it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's like 220, 220, 250. You're not going to be able to help your mom. What happens if something happens? You're going to need that strength. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to be able to do that. Or like, all right, I may need to run somewhere really fast. Can I beat my record or my time to help someone else? So I'm using my physical peak for other people where I'm like, all right, I'm going to be that tool to help them out. So there's nothing wrong with having strength to be a uh, choice, but it's what you do with it. Absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to flip it. See, you what, you therapist. You got something else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but to get to your question about toxic mas- masculinity, it is, to me, and I don't want to seem like I'm like the most perfect person on, or I live this straight and arrow life. I feel like toxic masculinity is something that's always a constant and it's our job to like beat it back into a corner because for anyone who's like, I don't say anything misogynistic or I don't say anything toxic. They're saying it all the fuck time. Absolutely. It's the people who are like, Oh, I made that mistake. How can I be corrected? Or Jamal's like, ah, that actually bothered me. That type of stuff. And it's the people that blatantly, um, <clears throat> that don't care about others or they're doing it just for a laugh or they're doing it or like there's, there's no sense of responsibility. Um, that's or hurt what, people just hurt people too. You know? I, I agree a thousand percent. And I think that is what toxic masculinity is. It's not having the cognitive flexibility to think about someone else other than yourself. Mm. That's real. Um, Man, that is that's super deep there because, again, with hurt people, hurting people, they haven't dealt with their own internal issues. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also give there like a 10, 20% percentage. There are some just blatantly like fucked up people. Mm-hmm. And like, I see, I see the greatness in a lot of different people, but I have run across some people where I'm like, this person will not learn and they're going to keep hurting other people. Because they like it. Mm-hmm. It is out there. Because one of my theories and things I always say is nothing is ever absolutely zero except for be- except for birth and death. Those are the two things. And taxes. Yo! <laughs> Yo! The tax monster is real. <laughs> so, speaking of hurting hurt people hurting people, do you feel like you can truly love somebody if you don't Fully love yourself and who you are. Ooh, wow! That's a ah. You, I'm gonna go get my uh, my book from upstairs. <laughs> this is stuff I'll be writing about. Can you kick it to me one more time? What I say? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you can truly love someone else if you don't fully love who you are? 
and this is why I gotten off into this field because I less yes I love mental health, but I love talking about relationships because there's ne- except for the relationship pillars that I've, that I, I keep speaking, there's never truly a right answer because two people or if they're doing more than two people. <laughs> no thanks. But I don't discriminate on the lifestyle. You know exactly. It's truly I'm up to... I'm a jealous person, though, so I can't do that. Likewise. Um, it's up to those people to decide what's okay and what's not okay within their love. But um, I would say... I would say no. And I would actually break that down to being infatuation. Mm. That's purely infatuation. And I... and I guess, I, I think it's an old school thing. I don't know if you heard this, too. But I call that the um, cloud nine phase. And mm. my logic is... <clears throat> And research, cloud nine phase lasts for about like one to two years. And I would say, yeah, I would say minimum. If I'm, eh, I would say, yeah, yeah, about one to two years. Mm-hmm. It, it could last because that can take you so many places. And then after a while, uh, while after a while, it's kind of like, yo, I don't like that quirk that you do. It was cute when I was just getting to know you, <laughs> but like, nigga, you better clean that shit up. You know? Yeah. And I think what. I actually think people don't understand like that work to get to a stable relationship and you get in that is way more beautiful than the infatuation Mm. with just learning someone new because it's different when you open the door and you just you're just learning this person like oh that's cool but when you open that door and you're having a problem not saying your partner should not your partner's not gonna be able to read your mind but reading the room reading that energy yo what's going on I'm I wanna listen I may not know all the things you do with your work and job, but I feel this energy and I'm going to be here for you. Yeah. So, yeah, that is another great point there. You, you brought up something and it makes me think about my own relationship. So early on in our, what, nine years, um, Yeesh. I would, whew, yeah, <laughs> um, times three. I would always like try to fix her problems, but then it came to a point where it's like, I don't need you to fix it. Just listen to me. And once I was able to finally just listen, it seems like everything just like kind of went more smoothly as far as her venting. She gets her, her thoughts off. I listen. Yes, I still want to put my two cents in. I do my best not to. There's times I, I mess up, but you know, um, it, it feels like everything goes smooth and she can work through that issue herself, internalize it herself, and then attack it the way she wants to do it rather than getting outside input because she just wants to vent. Yeah. Um, but you did bring up infatuation, love. Also want to throw in lust. So would you <laughs> So would you combine infatuation and lust together? Yes. And why do people get infatuation, lust, and love so confused? They're trying to like intertwine them? But they're complete. They're two different things. Where, where does that confusion come from? That confusion comes from our culture, and I'm not trying to like like society in general as a whole. Yes. Okay. Um, and I say that because and <clears throat> hmm, how can I? Because that's not always the case. I would just say, and a good chunk of our culture and relationship. We have grown up like as 90s kids seeing and hearing different things about like this is what being a man, this is what being a woman, this is how you get a female's attention, this is how vice versa, or like this is what success and all this stuff looks like, and this is what a family looks like. And I think <clears throat> when you come across, it's kind of like when you know. And I'll just speak for the speak for the fellows. You know when you found a real good one, a real girl, good 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 girl, where she ain't gotta be like a completely church girl, but like you, she ain't for the shit. Mm-hmm. When she's like, that trick may have worked on all them other brats, but like I know my worth, I know what I bring into your life, mm. I know what you can bring into my life, I know I want to build with you, and <clears throat> I think. That comes from a very nature nurture like it doesn't have to be the family has to be all intact, but it's one person or one entity that's 
pouring into this person to make they won't be perfect. The this, this chick I'm talking about won't be perfect 100% of the way, but she's going to be able to see more of that bullshit mm-hmm. than you at the club and, you know, you like, no, she's like, I know this rodeo. I've been down this. I don't want that right now. Mm-hmm. I can go, I can go get that if I want that, but I want something different. And I think, um, <clears throat> it's so easy to watch a Chris Brown music video go crazy and you're like, oh yeah, I want my dude to see walk over here mm-hmm. and do all this other jazz and um and like you look at this music video and like yes that's how my life is going to be or like my partner is going to know exactly how I'm feeling at this exact moment mm-hmm. in time because you watch this movie and and literally we look at Hollywood and I'm just like yo when I turn off certain movies or like rom-coms I was like no this is show us after it gets dark yeah. it gets tough this mm-hmm. is a lie <laughs> so I think we just romanticize and we place this unrealistic bar and this is for everyone up there and um i also want to just be mindful of time i just want to add this to this is from um john gottman's book Um, he's a big relationship guy one of my therapy languages and he talked about a dream and if i humor all your listeners for this very quick story couple man Mm -hmm. and woman they want to buy a house i have a new house shameless plug (laughs) that weird yeah no Congrats to the whole everyone, but um, <clears throat> but um, let's just say they both agreed to we're we're gonna get a house together, and they put together a budgeting plan. And let's just say, um, guy notices that he's looking at you know bank statement. He's like, yo, somebody's eating out. It's not me. Like you know, we have this budget, and his you know his wife is still eating out, and he's and he goes to her. Because he's like, yo, we're like six months away from making this. Like, why do you keep doing this? And, you know, someone comes for you. You know what you're going to do? You're either going to put him up or you're going to defend. And I would say for that dude, you're missing the story. And what John Gottman says, he's like, that's a dream. Now, let's just say we'll erase all that, right? Let's just say either, let's say his emotional intelligence goes up. Let's say they go to the therapist. Once you make that environment emotionally safe, and he's calm, like, yo, this goes against what we planned. Like, I understand, like, what's going on. Like, maybe a few times, but not all these these different times. If the environment is safe, emotionally safe, she'll be able to tell him his, her dream. And her dream is every Friday, maybe she had an uncle, right? And they always went out to eat. Mm. And her going out to eat makes her feel really good. Mm. <clears throat> and... I feel like we miss that dream because we all have these dreams we want to carry out in our relationships. And if the environment is not safe, our partners will, won't, won't reveal those things. So <clears throat> for anyone, I caution them that there's a reason behind someone's doing something. I would say seven to eight times out of ten, someone's not blatantly doing that because they're trying to harm you. It's they're recreating something from their childhood. Mm. And if that chick... If, there, if that's important for her to like go out to eat because it makes her feel more closer to that lost uncle or or whatever affinity she has with that, you got to put that in the budget because that's important to her or have a different conversation about it. But caution people about there's a dream that everyone wants to live out in their relationships. Mm. Relationships, that as a whole is just so complex and multi-layered. I always see it as two people... Or three, if you or wherever, whatever, whatever the number is, whatever you. I'm like. changing it on the therapist. You think about everybody. <laughs> but for me personally, I'm gonna say two people. Two people, me, and my fiance, coming together, trying to be one. As you said, we are multi-layered. We have all these different things in our mind. Personally, now that now that I'm. Uh, almost married to a therapist and I have therapist friends I feel like (laughs) we'll never be one because we don't always reveal certain things sometimes why do you think that is and why do you think people just give up early on relationships when they have somebody that is good Hmm. did I stump you there no you didn't stump me there's just many (laughs) multiple roads to that Um, I would say this people get comfortable and that also is in the um, 
infatuation, like after infatuation. The cloud nine stage? Yeah, that shakes off. You're kind of like, oh, I I brought the flowers every Friday. Why is this not working? People evolve. People change. And um, I think people give up for various different reasons. And the reason why I was kind of like, I pause because I'm kind of like, there's multiple reasons why people can give up. Someone's legitimately not ready. Someone was tempted. Someone um, fell out of love. Uh, what else? Uh, someone wasn't willing to put in the work. It is, there's so many, this is why I love talking about it. This is why I can talk about it seven days a week because there's not, there are like six or seven to eight different nuances, but how people get there are totally, totally different. Which is interesting. So, um, it's very dependent. And I'll just say, um, <clears throat> let's just say, um, I'll just speak on complacency. Just, uh, people, people get comfortable with, you know, that this person is going to be there. And you got to remember that you always have to date your partner. Like there are periods where she's going to do 80 and you're going to do 20. And there's going to be periods where you are just going to flop where you're going to have to do 80 and you're going to do 20. And, and there's going to be times where it's going to be 50-50. And I think people forget that relationships are work. Like, seriously. Like, they think it's Valentine's Day and that's supposed to carry your relationship. No. It's work. And I think once we change our narratives... I'm a narrative therapist. Once you change our narrative of what love looks like and what love is going to be like, it's like running a race. If you know the race is going to have a firewall, alligators, and then let's just say uh, um, a guy with a gun, you're going to run that race differently rather than I'm just going to run a race and free, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, I got to, you know, get a bulletproof vest, you know, I'm going to, you know, get my own Glock, you know? Yeah. You're going to run that race vastly differently. Got it. I had a question for you. So, say there are two people. They're in that <laughs> cloud. <No. laughs> that was actually by accident. But <laughs> say there are in that cloud nine phase, but that phase is like starting to wear off a little bit. When should the, this couple say their full intentions with this person like hey i want to be with you long term i don't just want to date you casually i want to be together and start a family because so many times in, in movies in hollywood you see somebody dated too early or they dated too late so when is like the right time to tell someone how you truly feel during that cloud nine stage or kind of when it's wearing off um i'm just gonna use myself as an example and how i would teach my son and or daughter and the future about certain stuff about this. Um, once again, love relationships, love talking about the kind of stuff because there's never a right answer to this. Mm-hmm. Like you can give great guesstimations and I give great. And I would say, I would, I would, my, my game is pretty tight. Um, so I would just say, um, <clears throat> once, like I was saying, change the narrative, right? People are so loosey-goosey with this stuff. It's either are we fucking, are we are getting into a relationship? Purely. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to make those, we have to define those things very like, like, hey, like I said, guys got to eat, girls got to eat, all those different things. Like, what's, what's in it? What do you want? And obviously, when you meet someone, it's kind of hard and difficult to do that. But saying that kind of like up front and, you know, saying with a little suave is important because you're not wasting each other's time. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to myth bust a lot of different things. Like, you can get in like a, <clears throat> uh, a, casual relationship with a person and just have sexual transi- transactions with that person but it has to be communicated mm. now relationship oriented which I hope everyone you know in ba- goes in I have like I like to do check ins <clears throat> where I do like two to three months or whatever and I do this in my mind and I'm like okay are you check ins with the person or check ins like mentally mentally okay. but Internally. I'll get there with the person yeah I do check ins where I'm like this is working for me and I'll use um uh, our relationship that our relationship I, I was in and um, I was doing that I was like this person's making me feel great this person's doing all this other, these other different things and I was kind of like you know doing like some temperature checks with this person I'm like alright I'm not a, I'm not an idiot how many other niggas you talking to <laughs> 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 and uh, she you know said a number and then 
And then she had every right. She'd be like, how many bitches you talking to? I'm like, well, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you number one. Which she was, because uh-huh. uh, I definitely enjoyed talking um, with her. And we came to a point where I found like, yeah, like, I, I'm enjoying this. I don't know about you, but like, um, I can see this going further. And I, I would say for me, what I did for this person, because I like doing big, grand, romantic gestures. I set up dinner. I tried to pick a random day where she couldn't like really get what I was going on doing that. And, um, I got her a cake with her name on it and, mm-hmm. um, I had the baker, right. And this was going to be horrible. Would you go out with me? <laughs> so <laughs> That's cute though. <laughs> that'd, that'd be horrible. She said no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, we got, got good cake though. I'm taking that cake. <laughs> I'm gonna give her a slice. I ain't gonna be bread. I'm gonna give her a slice. I'm taking that cake. You know, <laughs> you know, the strings attached. Um, but, there's uh there there is that and I think um damn I just lost that other point that I wanted to point out but hopefully it'll come back but um oh yeah check in with check in with that person um mm-hmm. I think just overall just that's to me like getting to the dating portion but oh it came back here we go um it is like <clears throat> people don't understand like why are you dating someone for fun dating is you are evaluating this person to be a life partner. If you're just trying to have fun, just communicate with that person. Like, hey, I enjoy spending time with you. I enjoy spending time with you. Now, I, because people, because they, they mess up, a lot of toxic people mess this up. Friends with benefits. People get the benefits part correct, but they forget about being that person's friend. Mm. Like, like there, you can do that. You can't exchange that energy with that person, but like, how about you be like, ah, I just want to be, more, just call me at five, mm-hmm. five at night. Don't kick me with, I'm, no, just say, I just trying to fuck. Don't be a friend with benefit because you're fucking with other people who are not ready, but, and being honest and be like, oh, I'm not ready for a relationship, but I really like this, you know, situation that we're having and whatever guidelines put on with that. But I think people just need to understand that. And just get serious. Dating's not supposed to, dating is fun, but like, yo, this is this could potentially be your your husband, your wife. Why are we treating like, oh, I, I'm gonna do this right three years? You're wasting your life force. You're wasting that good energy you can put on someone else. Mm-hmm. Save your own mental energy with being like, yeah, this is my females, yeah, this is just my friend. <laughs> Why is it so hard for people to communicate? their honest feelings with their potential partner, the, the person they're dating ultimately. Why is it so difficult? Um, <clears throat> fear of judgment. Um, because we live in this world where we'll walk down the street and a white woman walk across the street because she doesn't know anything about us, but she just sees our skin and she fears us. And not to equate relationships to racial things, because that's a whole different um, basket of fruit. But, yo, people just have this fear of not being accepted. <clears throat> and just, Would you say it's also like protecting your own heart as well? Mm-hmm. Mm. A thousand percent. Mm. I, for me, I'm just a glutton for punishment. Or um, I was always a person, <laughs> and some of my uh, old friends can kind of adhere to this, where like, I was so easy, like, oh, I really like that person. And, like, and I was like, I want to let this person know that I really care about them. Uh, and sometimes it wasn't received. Uh, sometimes it was. And, like, I would say I've gotten my heart broken a lot. And just going off what you're saying, man, I think, once again, changing the narrative. When all is not fair in love and war. Mm. People think you're just going to win, win, win. And I'm speaking still like, the players, like, oh, I'm going to get the girl every night. Have you ever thought about a story of when you don't go home with nobody and you lose and she's like, you're not it. Mm. <laughs> and I think once we change that narrative of like, um, of that, it's different, man. We're, um, yeah. So I have a question for you. It's, ah. it's, it's somewhat controversial in a way, but it's something I feel like that needs to like really be set in stone by someone who has the credentials to answer the question in a professional manner. Okay. Speaking from a heterosexual point of view, from a straight male that likes women, 
can a guy and a girl just be friends? Like they talk all day, <laughs> they kick it, but they're just friends, nothing more. <sighs> um <laughs> That is such a Let's just say I have some experience. <laughs> I have some experiences where I'm like, ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, from my professional standpoint, I'm gonna give you two. Yeah, I want your professional and your own personal opinion. I went, from my professional standpoint, about no, wait, wait, let's, let's do personal first. Okay, <laughs> if I, from my personal standpoint, hell fucking nah. Like he's like, here's my thing. If he's had a track record or like y'all been friends for. Some odd years, I'm like, oh, nah, he like you. Like, he secretly like you and haven't said anything. Because as dudes, we know this. Like, we can sense this out. It's almost like the female thing. When females are like, let's just say, let's just say you're, com- you're a comedian, right? We'll switch your professor. We'll say you're mm-hmm. a w- well-known comedian. And a chick hits your DMs like, oh, great show, Jamal. Your That's- wife, your wife is going to be like, this bitch know what the fuck she doing. And you could be like, no, she not. She just told me I just get a good show. Your lovely wife wouldn't say, wouldn't say the, um, that, you know, she wouldn't say, I, I did this back in the day. This is one of my strategies, but like, I know what she up to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as dudes, uh, we do, we sense the same thing. And I would say that for me, like I would have to like suss this person out, like in, like reality, mm-hmm. like real life, because we I we got that sin where I'm like you can look at him like ah yeah he 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 a grimy dirty ass nigga I'll <laughs> fuck him up, but um I would say because I I have so much hope for so many people I would say personally um I hope because I want that person to have that relationship um and I try not to let the tangible facts as things that have happened to me and other people and things and people I've canceled it is possible but like boundaries have to be set mm. and if you're able to talk to your person like this makes me feel uncomfortable because of this it's less of an insecurity if you step to this person in a respectful way like hey how he's talking to you makes me think like this mm. granted there's some work that I need to work on because this bothers me but like this is what how it comes off, because now you are in a relationship and like let's say this is the beginning. I need to figure this out because this is different from me just being some random person. But yeah, I kind of mixed in my professional. But I would say I don't say I'm not untrusting. It's just like I like sense out where I'm like mm, I look for like the little red flags. So yes and no. Hmm. But I have hope that it can be done. But uh, for the person who is thinking that this they may have a thing going on you got to check your ego out the door being able to be like hey this is something i need to work on but could you please inform me about this and you can't do it like a constant every time like boo like you can't so mm-hmm. i would say that's very it depends that's a fair answer um man i definitely can talk to you all day about this but man, that was that was a good conversation. I think it's only right we end there. Um, I definitely want to have the full Play No Games podcast on here um, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So um, be on the lookout for that. But I want to talk to you personally in a one-on-one level just to get your thoughts on you know, masculinity, relationships, and just love all together. Um, so in closing, episode 11, Mackie's World, I'm going to let you, you know, end it off here, you know. Oh. T- tell us what you're working on. Tell us what you're doing. Uh, tell us how they can find you on social platforms. Okay. Um, one, I'll go through the thing that I want to say most. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm Zero to Hero. Two E's and R, number two, Hero. Um, um, if you follow me, I can't be your therapist. <laughs> that's, why it's, that's the reason why my page is private. Um, but I'm also working on a lot of different things. By day, as uh, J-Mac was saying, I'm uh, working on finishing up my licensing as being as a fully licensed on my own therapist. Um, I'll have all that taken care of at the end of, hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, I'll do that by day. Um, 
by like midnight, uh, <laughs> mid the mid of the day. We'll say mid of the day. I I am a matchmaker. Um, that's something I'm working on. I match couples. Uh, actually, I'll drop this on here. I have like a dating show that I'm almost finished doing. That's gonna be Portland. Uh, but if you want to find us, it's called Look Here Matchmaking. Uh, you can put that on your Instagram. It's just like it sounds. Look Here Matchmaking, and you'll be able to find. Wait for it. The Play on Games podcast, where um, me and my <laughs> my boy Wonder, I call him Boy <laughs> Wonder, uh, Kasi on Kass, um, and we talk about uh, all things dating, all things mental health, all things relationships, and uh, we kind of talk about popular culture things and put I put <laughs> the the clinical stuff on it, and then Kass puts like what is mental health. What's business? What a lot of different things because uh, we want to know what's driving the culture in a positive and negative direction. And then on top of that, um, literally, I'm working on a dating app too that I'm gonna actually be releasing very, very, very soon. Um, that's gonna you know really flex that emotional intelligence and really getting people to say what they really want and rewarding people for being honest. So whether you're looking for a casual hookup or you're looking for the one. And um, one thing I want, and that will be called uh, <laughs> For Real Intent. And that's also on those pages. Um, if you follow any of my personal pages, my uh, links are in the description. But I just want to leave off with this because I'm a very hopeful person when it comes to love and relationships. And it truly comes from a place that I always like walk around in my heart because I want this for everyone else. You can do it. Um, <laughs> it's all about really, tr- it's all about really like <laughs> beating those generational curses that we all walk around with that we don't talk about. And I hope today that you challenge yourself to be, you know, <clears throat> something bigger than yourself because if you are bigger than yourself or you are stronger than yourself, you're able to be there for other people. And I know as humans, we are people, we don't really truly realize our true potential until we do something for someone else. So if you are working out for someone else or you're doing these other things for other other people, you will reach a whole nother level of strength. And that's coming from loving. Man, that was beautiful. Um, Again, episode 11. Thank you for taking a trip through the mind of Mackie. Until next time, peace, love, and hair grease. But I have no hair.